Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So, for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at uh1.com. This is the Ocean Protect Podcast. Talking about the issues that face our oceans and what we can do about it. Presented by Ocean Protect. Committed to change. Adam Sellers, welcome to the Ocean Protect podcast. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me. Mate, my first question, let's just get this straight. How long <laughs> can you hold your breath for? Uh, look, laying face down in a pool playing dead, uh, six minutes and two seconds I've done. What? Oh, my Lord. Six, hold on, yeah. let's just work this Look, out. Six minutes. not a great spectator sport, but people <laughs> come to watch, believe it or not. I reckon you could live stream it, mate. You'll just get people flocking. So it's six minutes underwater. So obviously that's you just planking and just staying still, controlling your mind. Can you, can you talk us through how you survive six minutes like that? I'd love to tell you that the whole thing is beautiful, but it's really not. At certain points in what they call static um, breath hold, you do enter a space where you feel amazing. And then eventually you get to a point where it doesn't feel amazing. And, you know, a lot of it is just distracting those kind of survival messages. A bit of it's distraction. And then you get to a point, you know, and people go like, oh, what are your tricks and tips? And I'm like, do you know what? At a certain point is just some good old fashioned grit. <laughs> you just got to like hang tough. <laughs> oh, great advice. Just a little bit of grit. So where, where does the grit kick in from about one minute 50? Well, I went just, yeah. well, believe it or not, it actually does start quite soon. So you have probably about, you know, in a breath hold like that, for probably the first two minutes, you're feeling okay. And then you get urge to breathe, which has got nothing to do with your oxygen levels. They're still super high. It's CO2. Um, so we start to build carbon dioxide because we haven't breathed it out, right? So then you get that urge to breathe. And, you know, for me, I'm kind of like, oh, hello, CO2. Back again, old friend. <laughs> um, and, you know, you just got to kind of, you start, the grit starts there. But then you get to a point where your brain actually starts to try and force you to breathe. So you get mm. these contractions, mm. your diaphragm and your belly. I start to then visualize myself in my bed asleep. And, you know, every time I get one of these contractions, it's like, it's like an alarm clock going off and I snooze it. So I'm like, oh, snooze. And it's just like wow. my way of getting through it. But it's, you know, for, for most people, the, the thought of holding your breath for that long, I mean, A, they just go, that's kind of stupid. But B, you know, like, I, I don't think I could get through that. That's just not something I'm capable of. But in actual fact, our bodies physically are built for diving in the ocean on one breath. But it's the mental battle. It's that, 
you know, when things do start to get a bit tough and your brain starts to send those survival messages to you for good reason in a lot of cases, you know, it's that mental battle. But physically we share, you know, physiological responses with any of the mammals that are in the ocean. So any, you know, like whales, dolphins, orcas, we physically, our bodies react the same way to breath hold diving, but it's that shift mentally where we have so many self-limiting beliefs on what we can or can't do. You know, people rock up to the course and go, oh, I couldn't hold my breath for more than 30 seconds. And I'm like, well, you could. Like, no, no, I tried it once. And I'm like, well, you can. <laughs> There's a lot to unpack there. <laughs> but we should, we, should, we should backtrack a little bit uh, and actually explain what you actually do as a job, Adam. Like, so I must admit your job description really – probably wasn't on the radar of my high school career counsellor and I guess probably yours even. So can you explain to the listener what is actually that you do? Yeah, so, and, and look, it's it's a hard one to explain. Sometimes I just wish I was a plumber, you know, I just go, look, I'm a plumber. And everyone just goes, sweet, we know what you do. But look, it, it's it, the pressure project was born out of my own struggles, but then also finding, really finding the ocean and finding freediving at, at a very similar time. So, and, you know, in a, in a way, the ocean kind of dragged me out of some of the mental health issues I was having, but also just the whole wonder of it. And the ocean gives us so much. And, you know, for me, what I started to piece together was, you know, I found this free diving through a friend who, who he loved spearfishing and he took me out. But then I went and did this course in Bali and there was only me and a Russian bloke and uh, we both had big breath holds. We'd obviously been practicing before our first course. But, you know, for me, I was like, I'm fairly competitive. So I was looking at this Russian bloke and I was like, mate, when we get out there in the ocean, I've got you. I've got you, champion. But when we got out to the ocean, um, something in his brain, when he started to feel the pressure or the ocean basically compressing you in, something in his brain just said, no, come back up, even though he had a big breath hold. So, you know, that was the first thing that intrigued me around this whole concept of pressure. And people throw out pressure all the time, whether it be in a sporting sense or whatever. Oh, I'm under so much pressure or oh, that player's under so much pressure today. And it's like, well, how come that person's under more than the next? And I started to do some research and, and started to just kind of realize that we didn't really know all that much about pressure. But for me, I, I loved it. I really loved being deep in the ocean, basically being crushed on one breath. There was some real peace in it for me of that just letting go and surrendering to the ocean. But at the time, I couldn't find that on land. And that's when I started to piece this whole thing together. I was like, you know, like we, I could, I could deal with that pressure starving my body of oxygen and being crushed as you go down. But on land, you know, things were just getting too much for me and I was struggling with mental health and I started to go, is this stuff on land real or is it only real if I accept it as being real? Whereas that stuff in the ocean, that stuff is real. Like, it's, that, Yeah, it's, that's real pressure. That's yeah. just, that's extraordinary. It's quite funny you say that, you know, you're not until you're in a position where the pressure's on you, you flipped it and went, well, hold on, I, I feel really comfortable here. I can handle this pressure and potentially on land, you know, the pressure's getting the better of me. So so then you've turned around and made a career of it. I mean, it's this is an extraordinary story, Adam. Please, please go on. I, I run, obviously, courses and retreats and do some public speaking. 
the biggest takeaway from a sport like freediving and especially at that competitive level. There's zero room for stress. So then I just started to kind of, you know, take that into with the pressure project, just going, wouldn't it be amazing if that's just how we viewed our everyday life, whether it be our work life, our personal life or whatever's going on in your life. You just go, do you know what? There's just zero room for stress because stress is the biggest killer of humans. That's, you know, we know this. And so I suppose that's, you know, with the pressure project, it's just giving people a way to deal with just the everyday pressures and stresses of life. But then also having a bit of fun because we we go out into the ocean. And the thing with ocean and with breath hold and both of those two things together is even without doing any coaching for people, they find that present moment. You just can't not be present when you're in the ocean but also on one breath. Mm, yeah, it's an amazing – look, I, I find the whole freediving – concept just it's it's all these things in combined like mysterious there's science there's well, how, how long can you uh, hold your breath for brad i mean this well, is not a competition well, well, but i think adam's winning <laughs> <laughs> it's always a competition so actually the, re- the i should backtrack how this podcast chat got set up was uh, uh i think mutual friends of uh myself and adam's uh, a lovely lady called uh, laura king uh who i uh, swim with uh, so Laura's in my swim squad and, and Laura's quite new to the squad. And I sort of said to Laura one day, I say, you know, have you been swimming long? She's like, not really, but I, I, I do free diving. I was like, Oh, wow. That's fascinating. How long can you hold your breath for? And all that sort of stuff. And long story short, uh, I did a little introduction to free diving course with Laura, I guess last weekend. And, uh, I, I always thought I have a really, really average lung capacity, like really poor, but I was actually able to, after some tips and tricks from uh, Laura, I held my breath for just over two minutes. I think it was two minutes and three seconds, which which blew my mind. I, th- I said to Laura beforehand, look, I'm probably good for 20, 20 seconds. Uh, but yeah, to go two minutes and like what you were talking about before, uh, Adam, around you hit that sort of point of you think you, you've got to take a breath. But what, as Laura explained to me, that's sort of not real. That's almost like your mind playing tricks on you almost. You, you're, and I've heard you talk about this before um, in that in your other podcast chats where you're, you're actually not running out of oxygen so much as actually getting, if anything, a little bit too much CO2. And you just got to basically learn to sort of power through it. And Laura spoke about, you know, mind control techniques, you know, imagining a sort of a relaxing or nice place and just put yourself. How do you do that? Come on. Come on. Let's just, how do you do that? You're getting, because obviously you're free diving, you're going deeper and deeper and deeper. So the, so not only I'm running out of oxygen, the CO2 is just getting into me, the physical pressure. I mean, how deep are you going at him? Because I, I, like I've done a bit of free diving in my time, never anything like what you've done. But if you go down three or four or five meters, you can feel the pressure on your ears, mm. on your whole head. How deep are you going and how do you control that other sort of thing, the, the crushing side of it? Yeah. So, I mean, the main thing is is your ears, obviously, and you'll feel that fairly quickly. <laughs> yeah, um, that'll go you've first. Got a, you've ju- it's just about pressurizing the what's called the middle ear. The lucky thing with humans is we're mainly made up of fluid. And fluid can't be compressed. So it's only our air spaces, right, that can be compressed. Now, our lungs compress. So at 10 metres, so we fill our lungs up at the surface. At 10 metres, they become half the volume. Then at 20, a third, and then so on. But they get to a point where they compress to the point where they won't compress anymore. But we have this thing called blood shift in our body. And this is a part of what's called the zimimalian dive reflex. 
um, which we share with whales, dolphins, seals, etc. They used to think, doctors said that past this point, so once our lungs got to that point, that the human body would be crushed and we would die until a Frenchman, and uh, it, it annoys me, but the French are very good at free diving. <laughs> he went to 30 metres and then let go of the rope and dropped a metre. You know, and then he was like, oh, I'm still alive. And then the next day it was like, oh, 32. And now the deepest human self-propelled on one breath is 130 metres. So our body adapts to it. Hold on, back up. 130 metres? Yes, yeah. And who, yeah. Who, who, who has that record? A Russian guy called Alexei Molchanov. Well, he deserves to be named on the podcast. Well, <laughs> <laughs> 130 metres. I mean, at 10, I mean, it must be so dark down there, Adam. Yeah, it depends where you're diving. Like my last competition was at a place called uh, Dean's Blue Hole, which is 10 metres offshore, just this 202 metre deep, basically sinkhole just drops down. And yeah, after 50, 60 metres, it does go dark. It does go black. Um, but mate, freediving is all about going within any, anyway. There's nothing to see down there. Yeah, 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 yeah. Apart from the old nothing shark that, or nothing something. humans want to go down there. Yeah, I mean, yeah. the dolphins just like, why the hell would I go that deep? My food's up here. It's yeah. stupid. They see all these humans dropping down a line like, what the hell? Just have it. Yeah. That's why sharks stay away from you. They're like, who are these morons? <laughs> yeah. So, so that's the thing. So, like, it's such a you, you hear these numbers, and I think uh, what's uh, the deepest you've gone, Adam? I think it's about maybe seventy meters. Is that correct? Yeah, I've been to seventy-four. Seventy-four. Um, yeah, and so here in Australia, we don't we don't really get access to great depths. Mm. So we're at a bit of a disadvantage. We try and go to these locations early to get the adaptation. So the other part of depth is. This human body is, is just quite incredible. It'll adapt and it adapts quickly, but you just got to give it some time. Mm. And so we, you know, from uh, the Southern Hemisphere, really, we get there a little bit earlier and we just give our bodies that time to adapt. I feel the greatest peace at those depths. A lot of these things that are being compressed, we don't really have nerve endings there, so we can't really feel it happening. Um, it's mainly the ears that we have to kind of look after. And, you know, for, for me, it's not the breath hold that stops me at 74. I can't equalise past there. So that's the thing with most free divers. It's the equalisation, but also the relaxation game. So they kind of go together. So are, um, are you are you saying you're buggered at 74 or you've got to keep training yourself to equalise further? Is there more work that you have to do out? Yeah, okay. that's it, mate. It's mainly the adaptation. In each area? Like when you say adaptation? Is it, no, so simply the physical adaptation. Okay, yeah. I, yeah. I can't go past that point. You know, I think the next step for me is actually going and living somewhere for a while that has mm. depth. But, you know, i got a couple of kids back here and I work. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. That old chestnut. Yeah, over there they have access to great depth. There's a lot more money in free diving overseas, so they just they just compete all year round. But, um, look, I do it really. I don't really care about necessarily the depths or, or placing or any of that sort of stuff. I do it because I actually love doing it and the mm. feeling and that presence and all the rest of it. It is it is quite amazing. But, uh, you know, aside from the the going deep part and going down the line, I mean... It's three it, o'clock. Sorry. It's <laughs> Thanks, Three o'clock, guys. <laughs> <laughs> I right. just joined the world of Apple and I don't know how to turn up. <laughs> but, you know, even just going out and exploring a reef, 
or a wreck on yeah. one breath. The great thing about being on one breath as well is that a lot more of the you know bigger mammals and animals will interact with you. You know, sometimes with scuba and scuba is great as well, but they don't quite know what the bubbles are and the and the the noise of the tanks. Mm. So going on one breath, a lot of lot of kind of wildlife in the ocean just accept you in as some kind of slow moving mammal and they'll come and check you out so that part of is just the piece of that as well you know and slow moving um mammals obviously don't freak you out when you're that deep you know some big <laughs> whale coming up and just going g'day mate Are you, you're all calm you're all good with it oh no it's a beautiful thing hey i can imagine hey i'm ryan reynolds at mint mobile we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does they charge you a lot we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well... HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. It's, you know, like I, I ran a retreat at a place called Lady Elliot Island. It's the southernmost island of the Great Bay Reef here. You fly out and you land on this little island. You're just surrounded by water. And, you know, we had whales and we had like a tiger shark come into our free diving lines. And, and it's great to see some of the shift we have now. I mean, probably 10, 15 years ago, people would have scrambled for a boat or scrambled for mm. shore. Yeah. And I had 20 freeloaders out there, almost like the paparazzi. This poor tiger shark didn't know what hit it. It was just, <laughs> oh my God. Um, but just this shift of like this amazement and people that had never seen a, a big shark like that all of a sudden wanted to get involved in the conservation of them and, and all the rest of it. So it was, it was a really good moment to see that no one was scared. Everyone just had this, you know, this wonder and amazement for this beautiful beast. There was no like, oh, it's lurking. You know, oh, this shark's lurking. It wasn't lurking. It was like coming in to kind of mm. check us out. What the hell are these guys doing, you know? So it was, you know, that's, that's one of the, the, the biggest shifts for me as well. Like my, my ocean existence in terms of open water has only really been the last five years. But, you know, that's, it's really opened my eyes, my shift in my conservation work as well. I mean, it's just, you know, people need to get out there and experience this and see that, we need to preserve this for our kids and their kids and yeah, so on. And that's the best thing about, uh, I guess, I- increasing that connection to the ocean environment is you actually have a greater appreciation for it. So subsequently, as a result, you, you do want to do more in your own lives to actually appropriately protect it. And I guess that's sort of the, the weird and wonderful link that we're sort of getting yourself on this, on this show. Obviously, we're very much focused on protecting our oceans and we have a lot of guests around you know what are the key issues facing the oceans and what we can do about it but i think equally it's as important to celebrate what we can actually physically do and enjoy when we're in the ocean environment but free diving 
prior to the last couple of weeks, it was such a mysterious sort of activity. Like it just seemed to be mixed with science and fitness and mental strength, whatever. So it's obviously a fairly misunderstood sport. So, so, so if you were to sort of an elevator pitch in your mind, what do you think is free diving itself? Free diving is like it's, it's connection with self. That's one of the things that I suppose separates it from a lot of recreations, but also it's connection with other people and connection with the ocean. I think the greatest thing is that it is a sport and recreation that does really shine up a mirror to you. Mm. It shows you how you deal with stress. It shows you how you deal with anxiety very quickly because in terms of you know human hierarchy of needs we can go a long time without food we can go a long time without water believe it or not shelter all of these things that we're, our minds go to in terms of what we really need but in terms of human hierarchy of needs oxygen's number one so when you take that away from someone you see how they deal with their stuff how they deal with their stress and then you start to just show slowly but surely introduce them into how they can overcome that and how, how they can sit with that stuff. Even just something as simple as working on your own breath. I mean, our breath is intrinsically linked with our nervous system and our nervous system is linked with our health. And so, you know, breath equals health in some ways. And, you know, the thing that we, we most humans don't know is that we have the ability to control our nervous system. You know, doctors and science for so long have gone like, oh, the nervous system, it's the autonomic nervous system. So it kind of controls us. And it's like, well, it's, that's actually wrong. You know, like the nervous system can control us. It, it can like when we get, it's very nervous, right? And when it gets nervous, our breath changes. But breath is something that happens unconsciously for humans. Like when we go to sleep, it just happens, right? You know, if a bouncer chokes you out, <laughs> once they let go, it's, you know, it'll start again. But also it's the only thing in the human body that will happen unconsciously, but also on a dime. In every second we can change it and we can shift it. And so conversely, the nervous system can change our breath, but our breath can change our nervous system because it signals that, hey, everything is okay right now. Like, you know, one of my cousins used to suffer from anxiety attacks. And I was like, hey, when you start to get those triggers, you only need to do a few things to stop it in its tracks. He's like, oh, no, but I'm on this drug and I'm that and that one. And, you know, right, right. and I'm like, yeah, okay, but you've got something that is happening all day, every day in terms of breath. And you can actually stop it in its tracks. You can control that nervous system, which will control the anxiety attacks. All you got to do is sit down, close down your eyes, which is significant because it tells the brain that wherever you are right now, you're safe because if you weren't safe, you wouldn't close your eyes. Mm. By closing down the eyes, nasal breathing, so breathing through the nose, and belly breathing, so diaphragmatically breathing, and just like on the exhale, just really lengthening it out, stimulates what's called the vagus nerve, which puts us in our parasympathetic nervous system, which is your rest, digest, and regenerate. What freedivers have been doing for decades to get to that point before a dive so it's you know it's just something that's so simple but you know it should be taught in schools we should all know this but we just don't mm. yeah it's fascinating so obviously you see free diving the principles behind free diving are obviously can be equally applicable as sort of mental strategies in everyday life so can you explain how you envisage actually utilizing some of these principles that you get from free diving in everyday life Oh, absolutely. So, you know, it's about kind of retraining your brain on how it deals with adverse things, stressful things, 
things that, you know, patterns in your life that have always kind of got you down. It's about kind of retraining those patterns. And so, you know, one of the things that's closely linked with the freediving world, I mean, the freediving as a sport was just amazing at going, oh, that kind of would help us. We'll just steal that now that's part of our sport. (laughs) So like yoga and what comes with yoga is meditation. And so these things that kind of, you know, we've just stolen to help us dive deep on one breath can be used to retrain patterns in the brain. So people go like, oh, you know, that's meditation stuff. Like I can't not think, I can't, you know, clear my mind. And it's not about that. Like if you can, you're like a Buddhist monk or you're dead, one of the two. This brain is is kind of geared up to just constantly be thinking. So, you know, some of these thoughts that come are actually a good thing and you can work with it. Instead of, you know, you get a thought in while you, whilst you're doing some meditation. And it might be a, like sometimes I get really shitty thoughts, mm. but having the ability to sit there while you're doing your practice and not judge yourself for the thought, not get those kind of feelings, just kind of like acknowledging it and letting it go, almost like a bug hitting your windscreen mm. when you're driving. Mm. You don't mm. sit there and go, ah, oh my God, I can't believe that bug hit. You just go like, pull the wiper, some water goes on, and you just wipe it off, you know? So the more you do this, the better you get in your everyday life when, you, when you're not sitting there with your eyes closed and butterflies flying around your head, mm-hmm. um, <laughs> you can still kind of, you are retraining your brain to go, hey, that's kind of like not ideal and my patterns usually kind of react and get all this kind of bad emotional stuff happening. You just kind of go like, oh, that's all right. It's another mm-hmm. bug. You know, mm-hmm. it's okay. It's not going to kill me. I'll move on. But the problem with our brains, and I say this a lot, like where humans in today's age are like, we're kind of like bright, shiny iPhone 12s. We're bigger, where we make our brains do more. There's more stuff going on. We know more about health and fitness Mm, and doctors mm, can mm, keep mm. us alive for longer. But we're still running some pretty old tech Mm. in our brains. We we kind of haven't received the Apple update. We're still rocking like a Nokia 3510 brain. Hey, 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 they're not a bad phone. That's what I mean. That was simple, right? You drop the thing, the battery had spit out, you jam it back in, you're all good. Uh, The younger listeners probably won't know what these are, but, um, you know, you can only really text, receive phone calls and play snakes. And, like, snakes was basically a mindfulness exercise. Um, Like, dot, dot, dot. Um, Anyway, but what I'm getting at is we make our brains do more than what they kind of should. And one of the, th- the biggest things that that old tech still brings to us is it really is constantly looking for threats to our life. And the problem in today's day and age is we, we, we pick up so many things as threats and our brain can't separate the difference between a real threat and a perceived threat. So they look like, oh, can I afford the rent? Oh, this COVID stuff and lockdown and like, oh, I'm fighting with my partner and my boss is riding me. All these things we let get to us. Our brain actually flags that as threat to our life. And that puts us in our stress zone. And now the, the, the opposite nervous system to the one I mentioned before, which is our relaxation nervous system, is called the sympathetic. And now it's really damaging for our health if we can't get this sort of stuff under control. You know, it inhibits our digestion, it suppresses our immune system, all of these things that we Mm. need. And over time, it really makes us sick. Mm. Um, And we just really don't have, you know, people don't have the tools and techniques to help themselves out. They just push through it. And just like every day they're living this stressful life, mm. 
this is how we're supposed to do it. Just work hard and work hard and, you know, ignore the signs we get. We're so disconnected from our body is I suppose what I'm getting at. We're so in our heads mm. and we generally never tap into our body. And that's something that freediving for me has helped out no end. It's a, it's like, I don't know whether you've ever heard of it. It's called the body mind connection mm. and it's a two way feedback loop. It's a two way feedback loop. So when I'm lying on the surface, about to what do what some people would think is just completely crazy. The first thing I start to do is just scan through the body and just let go of all the muscle groups and kind of let go of any, any tension. And that sends signals to our brain to say like, hey, we're all good down here. We're all nice and relaxed. And so the brain can relax and vice versa. When you have the ability to be mindful, be present, kind of just kind of get into your relaxation state. It also sends messages to the body. And the more you do this, whether it be meditation or whether it be free diving or whether it be swimming training, you know, the more you do this kind of stuff, the stronger that connection gets. And so for me in my everyday life, I mean, I used to be a, a mad clencher of my jaw mm. when I got stressed, right? Mm. To the point I was actually wearing my back teeth down and I didn't know it because I was disconnected from my body. Mm. Now, because I do so much of this tapping in and these body scans and the like, when I feel, I feel it instantly. I'm like, oh God, okay, I'm doing it. I must be stressed. Like, oh, let go, wiggle the jaw out a bit. <laughs> I'll take myself away for five minutes, whether it's a walk to a park, whether it is just sitting in an environment in your office, but closing your eyes down and just connecting with your breath for five minutes. Mm. And your brain and your body will love you back for it. If you, mm. if you just ignore the stress signals, if you just ignore that and you just push through it and you're disconnected from yourself, eventually it'll push back. And it's usually when you stop, like people go, people go, oh, I need a holiday. And then they mm. go on holidays and their mm. body goes like, ah, mm. oh, now I've got you. Yeah. Yeah. yeah With the last three months, you've put me through hell. Now have all of this. Yeah. Um, I get crook. Yeah, you do. But people go on holidays, they get crook. So it's really important. I mean, we, we just, in today's world, we have just become so disconnected from ourself and all achievement is out there. You know, we need to, you know, even when I like, God love my old man, but, you know, I go up to see my old man in far north Queensland and he's like, how's business, mate? I'm like, yeah, good. He's like, how are you going year on year? Like, you're, you're growing? I'm like, I think so. He's like, what do you mean you think so? You know, what are your projections? And I'm like, I don't know, mate. I'll give you my accountant's number. Like, he'll know. <laughs> He's like, how can you not know? And I'm like, hey, Dad, what if one day you just, when you saw me for the first time in like 12 months, you just went, how happy are you, bud? Yeah. You know? Yeah. He's just like, well, are you happy? I'm like, yeah, I'm good. He's like, all right. You must be making money then. You must be, you know. Yeah. It's a, well, that's the thing. Like I could, I could still feed my kids. I could still pay the mortgage. Yeah, it must be going on. Thanks for listening to the Ocean Protect podcast. The episodes are released weekly and the next episode will feature part two of this chat. If you'd like to find out more about us and what we do, check us out at oceanprotect.com.au.